We got some options. You got some options. We're always excited to see your face. And welcome to the Down in Front Podcast, the official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining. We are oh so appreciative. My name is Warren, and I will be a host this evening. If this is your first time hanging out with us, as always, we want to open up and say thank you. We appreciate it. And what we usually do here in the Down in Front podcast is that we review movies, mainly TV shows, video games. We chat about sports, just about everything, just kind of hanging out with a bunch of best friends all over our favorite alcoholic beverages or just regular beverages. You never know. It's cold outside, so maybe I have to switch it up. I have my crew, so we're going to do a bit of a roundtable and talk about what else that we've been watching. Uh, we're going to talk about what we're drinking, and then we're going to get into our in-depth review of Alita, Battle Angel, and Angel Falls, A Warrior Rises. Is that like a subtitle? Or That's like called a, god, a god-awful subtitle. Or the slum well, line? The, the reason why... <laughs> Being a, you're being a jerk today. The, tr- the reason why is it, the way that they have it here is is it looks like it's part of the title because it's the same color as Alita. So it's a little weird. But I don't know. IMDb it's gets shit together. Design is what it is. Well, we're going to be reviewing that. That beautiful, handsome voice you just heard is one of my best friends. We go way, way back. Mr. Mouth of the South. Brylan, what's going on, man? What you sipping on tonight? And what else have you been watching? Hi, diddly ho, everybody. Um, what I'm sipping on right now is uh, I'm drinking coffee, and I'm drinking uh, some coffee that I got recently called Four Sigmatic Dark Roast. And they are a company that takes their coffee and they infuse it with uh, healthy nutritional extras. And in this coffee, there are lion's mane mushrooms and chaga, uh, which uh, help with. Uh, Mental faculties, especially focus, but also immune system stuff. And with all of everybody having a cold or some type of itis going around, I think <laughs> it's good to be drinking this. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with my coffee. It's really good stuff. We are not uh, sponsored by them in any way. It's just a personal choice. Um, but uh, what I've been watching recently is uh, I have finally caught up with True Detective. I am. Ready to go. I marathon that today. And uh, yeah, it is definitely fantastic. I, I like where the story is going. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all wraps up. Especially because I am starting to get a little worried. Are they going to be able to have enough time to tell the story they want to tell? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, wow, I mean, definitely give it up to especially Mahershala Ali. He's basically has three quality roles that he's playing in this series that, I mean, nominate him for every single one. I mean, he's doing that great of a job with it. And then, uh, Stephen Dorff, Deacon Frost yes. himself, he is blowing my mind at how great he is and just their conversations together, uh, make it worth watching. So I, I am ag- glad that I got back on board with it. I can't agree with you more. I mean, I know that, 
I think we've seen Mahershala Ali's acting chops, and so once he goes and like kills it on screen, you're like, yeah, it's Mahershala Ali. Like we're we're all for it. But then him having the ability to show those three characters, and I like how you kind of frame that, is is absolutely masterful. But oh my goodness. You were texting me the other day, and I—I I, was—it was something I couldn't respond. But it's like you know, Stephen Dorff is killing it in this, yeah. like absolutely murdering it. And the only other thing I have to to compare him to is Blade One. I'm like, <laughs> oh too. man, like this is unfortunate because <laughs> he hasn't been in anything like really, especially Mahershala Ali's like rising in the last couple years. So, um, man, like it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happened to it, and you know the non-spoiler section of that because we will get into we we will talk about this. The non-spoiler is if you had any doubts about season two, don't worry, watch season three. Yeah, don't judge. It's as if you don't even have to watch it. It's as if you don't even have to care about it. Don't ha- you don't have to just watch season three. You will enjoy yourself. I I think the writing and I and I'll, I'll, I'm I'm curious to get some of your theories because I I've been scratching a lot of notes when I'm writing down. Yeah, I'm spe- and I'll probably text you about this later. But I'm especially curious to get your take on um one one thing they did about continuity. I would say that that was really interesting. So I'm wondering right. how you took that. We'll, we'll keep our uh, non-spoiler chat chatter uh, for later, but uh, right. as always, it's uh, great to see your face. Um, um, yeah. Great to see you first. Cool. Yeah, and there's uh, one other thing I've been watching, and I was also catching up on uh, the latest Sword Art Online series, since we're talking about anime tonight. Uh, Sword Art Online, Alicization. And I every single episode, I continue to enjoy this much, much more. I thought it started off a little slow. I got about three episodes left until the season's done, but they've definitely ramped it up. They brought back a lot of the stuff that made the first season of Sword Art Online really cool, just like diving more into the rules of the game and uh, how every player's skill sets kind of have to adapt and apply to uh, the harsh environments of the world in the fantasy worlds they're trapped in. So I'm glad they brought that back, and it's uh, and it definitely makes uh, the show much and in- very interesting and i want to stick with it see how it ends yeah i um i know we talked about it i think we were going back and forth back and forth and i started alizization and said no nah, i'm good um and because the gun it was a ggo gun gale gun gale yeah yeah and like that started out pretty cool for their season two right that started off pretty cool with their season two and they kind of sort of abandoned that and then they kind of going back into it and now they have like something that's you know basically branched off so um i know me and jesse really really nerded out on sword Art online season one because it, it was phenomenal and so if you if you're saying that it's kind of like that i'll be i'm curious to give it a shot yeah i would definitely check it out because it, it definitely follows along the same feel and tone of the first season Nice. Well, I'm excited for that. And uh, cool. I'm excited to get your thoughts on uh, Alita Battle Angel, especially if you because you have some experience with it. Yes. The other handsome man that you can see on your TV screens right now uh, is known as Mike the Shredder Blewett. He has a new nickname, but we're not ready to announce that just yet. Uh, Shredder Mike, what's going on, man? What you sipping on? And what else have you been watching? 
All right, so yeah, uh, I got a protein shake. <laughs> that was oh, my nice. man voice because oh. I'm okay. a man now. I I went to the gym. I pumped some iron. Uh, yeah, your post workout amino acids. Yeah, I gotta gotta rebuild. I guess I don't know. I've read it on a forum sometime. It's in your it's your recovery smoothie. Don't drink the smoothie as you. <laughs> oh, it's so great! And then uh, just terrible. toss it behind you and crush it on your head. <laughs> How do I crush it on my head if I toss it behind me? You're a cyborg, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to do that. Um, cut down the carbs. Uh, that's not a lie. It's going to be drinking beer tomorrow night. Um, anyways, what I've been watching. So uh, I watched a bunch of Russian Doll, uh, which I don't know if we've talked about yet on the podcast. Um, I'm probably about halfway done and things are getting real weird. Uh, Natasha Leone is pretty awesome and it's written and kind of produced by Amy Poehler. Uh, we're definitely getting to see Amy Poehler flex her more R rated side. Um, this is definitely a departure from Leslie Nope. Let's just say that. Um, but it is equally as weird and outrageous and funny, uh, with a kind of cool storyline. Yeah, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's a Netflix show. Yeah, I saw that pop up. I was looking for something else, and I saw that pop up, and I had no idea what that was. But somebody was telling me, about, oh, you've seen this, right? I'm like, no, but I'm yeah. sure. It, hopefully, it's good, right? Well, it's funny because they only keep like the like what's hot for a week before they replace it. You know, it's 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 almost like Netflix shows because they're so bingeable are like yeah. they're becoming more like an album or or honestly even a movie where like movies are big for like the opening weekend and then they get replaced a week later. Um, also, do we talk about uh, comedy around the world last time? No, we didn't. All right, have any of you guys heard about this? No. So comedy, I think it's uh, the world. It's like world of comedy, comedy around the world. Netflix went out and shot. Um, not with guns, like they used cameras. Um, they shot a bunch of comedians from different areas in the world. And so I watched one, I think it was, uh, Chris Delia has one from America. Like literally it's like five people from America, five people from like Canada, Mexico, France, Germany, England, like a lot of big places. Uh, so I was cruising down that and I saw they had a section of people from the Middle East. And so I watched a, a couple Americans just to like start with because that was the first one that comes up. They do organize it into chapters instead of like quote unquote seasons or countries. Sorry, it's C whatever. Um, and so I, I saw I don't think I've ever seen a female comedian in a hijab like doing stand up. I like I, I just <laughs> legitimately never seen it. And so I watched it. And she's some, you know, comedian from, I think, Canada, but with, a, you know, I think Lebanon, Lebanese heritage. She was really funny, but it was hilarious because the whole thing was in Arabic. And I think that's the point where they want to have their comedians tell jokes in their native language. So you were reading subtitles. And I don't know if it helped or hurt because a lot of the references were uniquely, like, Arabic immigrant kind of jokes. Like, oh, isn't it funny when we moved from X to, to Canada and this happened, which I had no idea. Like, I, you know, that's not I'm I'm not Arabic, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah, that's how it is. Um, <laughs> but it was also very interesting to see because it was in subtitles, you would read the punchline before the audience heard it. And so it was interesting to hear where the flow of the conversation went when the punchline happened and then 
you know, the audience react to it, which there was some jokes that I thought were honestly kind of funnier that way. Also, there is different cadences, especially from English to like Arabic. They're, they're such wildly different languages that it was very interesting to hear a joke structure kind of go up and down in the normal, like, you know, melody that a conversation carries. And to hear the similarities and differences and how they kind of, you know, how she ended up delivering a punchline. Uh, it was a fascinating experience. Um, it's hard because, like, I think they did, like, 15 regions and they had five or six comedians from each thing. So it is an insurmountable amount of comedy to go through. But if you're definitely looking for a unique experience in the world of comedy and break free of, like, every, you know, Mer Americans or British folks telling jokes in English with, like, the rare, you know, like, Indian dude who's also telling jokes in English, you know, um, it's it was kind of cool to, to see. Definitely would recommend it. Nice. Yeah, I'm checking that out to see here. It looks like it got some kind of up and down reviews, but I'm not surprised. Well, but especially I mean, they if have people have to like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's subtitles, and they have so many comedians that and 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 like I said, like half her jokes, I could appreciate because like I can imagine you know, like my grandma sitting around when she came over, you know, from from Italy. Uh, or, or, you know, my other grandparents from who were, you know, came over from Ireland. You know, it's like I could imagine them telling jokes about like, remember when they came in here and a horse almost ran us over because it was the 1930s? You know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I, that makes no sense to me, but that's hilarious for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. I wonder how my ancestors would have told jokes. <laughs> no, I don't. Being like Warren, just I mean, like just because it's like Warren hangs up the chat. <laughs> just because it's like three hundred years ago. The podcast is uh, over. Man, Down in front of the answered way too. Camel. It goes to what a I goes am. to a four hundred four link. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you said you said no. I don't. I really don't want. To. I really don't want to. Oh, I mean that that definitely sounds cool, man. I I'm I'm excited to kind of check that out. I'm I'm always I think we were just talking about this. I'm a super fan of subtitles because it feels like it's the more native way to watch things. You can never understand everything in this world if you don't work on the craft, but you can still give an attempt. And so if, if Netflix is doing these things, hey, I'm kind of bummed that their UI is kind of difficult that you will never find it if you're not looking for it. Um, but I'm curious to see how did you come across it. It was a couple weeks ago, and it was more featured. Like we were just talking about, they're like, you know, check this out, only lasts for like a week or two. Um, and I think they released this almost a month ago at this point. Well, Shredder, it's always great to see your face. Um, it's nice to kind of uh, hear your voice uh, and get your input, especially because I don't think you watch too much anime, uh, and I know you definitely don't want read any manga. Um, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on Alita later on. Why'd you say I can't read? I didn't say you can't read. I said you don't read. Because you read. <laughs> you use rat. My name is Warren. I will be your host this evening. I am currently sipping on some David's Tea Valerian Nights. Uh, to It's been a long day, so I am definitely excited to kind of wind down and not travel for another three days, sadly. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to kind of sip on that. So hashtag David's Tea, please sponsor us. And what I've been watching is a couple things. So kudos to Brylin for everything we talked about, True Detective. We're definitely going to have a sidebar later on because I'm, I'm all about this season. I'm all about that show. Um, 
But the biggest thing I actually checked out was on Friday. I watched the killing of uh, the two killings of Sam Cook. You guys see this and hear about this on Netflix? I uh, saw it promoted on Netflix, and I'm definitely interested to watch it. Somebody to- somebody told me about it. I don't know, and uh, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. <laughs> I, I didn't remember who told me about it, but we sat down and watched it, and just blown away by. All the stuff that I ended up learning about that, and I think one of the most, the, the, the biggest surprises, I think the two biggest surprises I, I uh, learned was I didn't realize he had such a relationship with Muhammad Ali before he was Muhammad Ali. And so he had like a connection with Cassius Clay, so much so that they actually made a song together, and which is... Yeah, and, and like they're recording it, you can they 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 play it through, and uh, the, just the amount of that kind of civil rights movements, and just all like the the interviews that they actually kind of give, and clearly like so much shady shit that happened um, during his passing, which is it's just so heartbreaking that uh, we lost somebody so you know so young who was so gifted and talented, uh, but they also didn't sh- shy away from the fact that you know. He had mistresses and he he did his own things and he he was never perfect, but they weren't necessarily idolizing for that. They were idolizing for the beacon that he stood for and um, what he ended up doing for music um, and breaking down barriers. So definitely go check that out. Um, The the two killings of Sam Cooke is on Netflix. Uh, I think it's like under two hours and I think everybody will definitely enjoy it. And it's Black History Month, so that's probably why they were um, like pumping it up for it. At least that's why that's why it popped up on my feed. Um, so I think you'll definitely enjoy for that, and um, I hope you do. And if you do, please tell us what you think. So as we normally do, I'm going to go into our favorite news section here. We're going to go dedicate a couple of sips before we get into our spoiler section. So I'll toss it over to the beautiful mouth of the South and Brylin. Who are you dedicating this sip to tonight? Uh, so I'm going to give a sip out uh, to um, a wrestler. And reason for that is I, I canceled my WWE subscription a few years ago just because it got boring as hell. And uh, up until recently, I decided like, hey, um, Royal Rumble's happening. It's WrestleMania season. So I turned on my WWE subscription. So I started watching it again. And they're doing some really exciting stuff right now. Like everything about like having an evil Daniel Bryan as champion where he has a vegan friendly championship belt is hilarious. (laughs) Um, They are bringing in a lot of cool wrestlers that are very talented that just put on a really cool display. But I think nobody's doing a better job right now than Becky Lynch, who is trying to become the women's world champion at WrestleMania. Uh, And she's essentially doing the best impersonation of Stone Cold since Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it's exciting. It's amazing. They have some really cool uh, story conflicts going on between her, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair, uh, who is Ric Flair's daughter. Uh, and, uh, I think they're actually playing out pretty smartly. So we're going to see some really cool things happen, I think by WrestleMania. And this might be the first WrestleMania where women's match is the main event too, which is really cool. Uh, and, uh, so, and also Monday, uh, is they're celebrating Ric Flair's 70th birthday. So what's nice. not to be excited about that? So I think that's really cool. Uh, I'm going to send this up out to Becky Lynch. She's doing awesome work. Keep on doing it. Keep on keeping on, Miss Lynch. Brian. Uh, sh- 
Oh, yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say, man. I uh, I usually try and catch at least the Rumble and then WrestleMania uh, every year. Missed the Rumble uh, though. I hear it wasn't like that great. But a couple of years ago, uh, that oh, was the Rumble was fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe I'll go yeah. log it to Kyle's and rewatch it. Um, <laughs> there was that. I think it was the. Oh, what was the? It was the fight between Oscar and someone else, and it was like kind of Oscar's like big coming out party. Into like Between Oscar and Charlotte? I think so. It, like, yeah, it was yeah. her, like, big American, you know, huge debut. And I remember, um, like, them teasing it up. And, like, the, it's funny because the WWE is, is pushing the women's division real hard for the last, like, couple of years. And honestly, it's, like, a more entertaining product right now in some is, ways. Yeah. Which is, like, you, you think you think you get these meatheads like a jump 900 feet in the air they're all like seven feet tall and 400 pounds and you think that like all right well cool that's gonna be they're gonna do some dope stuff and it's like the ladies have been kicking butt lately yeah yeah they're definitely doing a great job especially when you can see that like the physical differences between all the ladies like you'll have one that's five foot two go up against someone that's six feet and Hmm. you can believe that the five foot two person has the tenacity to take down that six foot yeah. tall. Person. Yeah, the the writings the writings on point that like yeah you're right like when it, when someone someone goes up against Nia Jax they have no reason winning you know <laughs> yeah. was it like uh, was her face like Sasha Banks she's like two feet tall Snoop Dogg smoked her up like seven minutes before the uh, the, the show <laughs> and but you're still like all right I have faith in it yeah um also my send a sip I'll keep with the wrestling theme. Uh, we just we just got word that the entirety of DX is getting uh, inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame, and quite possibly the most defining hand movement of my childhood is responsible for them. Yes, very true. Even more than I love you, uh, it's the DX chop. So send us it to them. Which is yeah, ironic, because I'm drinking protein. So boom. <laughs> and if you're not down with the sip. I think Blood has two words for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I mean, I, that, I I did enjoy them when I used to be a wrestling fan. I think that was absolutely hilarious. They just just put on a show. Um, so big ups to them. I'm super glad that they're actually uh, getting sort of inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, my sip's going to go to the brand new lovely couple of the Shelbys. Thanks so much for having me at your wedding. Um, and for everybody that's kind of funny, my uh, friend's name is Stephen Shelby, and his new wife, his name is Shelby Shelby. And no way. Yeah, it's, that's a, it's awful. exciting. That's awful. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. So uh, it, was, it had an absolute blast. To taking lots of shots of tequila and dancing our face off. It literally felt like I had a bath once I left to dance for it because I was so sweaty. So thank you for that. It was a great workout. Um, so I'm always pumped about that. So we are going to get into our spoiler section. So if you haven't seen uh, Alita Battle Angel right now, go check it out in theaters or maybe go read about it before you go see it. Who knows? Uh, but at this point, we will be ruining the movie and spoiling the movie for you. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll see you soon for a full review. Spoiler edition of Alita Battle Angel.
And we are back, and we are the Down in Front Podcast. Uh, I am with Brylan, I'm with Blewett, my name is Warren, and we're going to give you a spoiler section of Alita Battle Angel. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, now's the time that me want to pause, either go check it out, read some stuff up on it, because we will be getting into details about some of the things that we did and didn't like about the movie. Uh, we broke it up into a couple of sections, so here we're going to be talking about the acting and the story as a whole, uh, and then after that we're going to talk about the action of the film and the FX and how it also kind of um, similar to the actual anime itself. So, as always, I'm going to toss it over to my friend, Brylin, that says, talk to me about the acting and story. Alrighty, let's go ahead and dive right in, take the uh, band-aid off. Uh, I'm going to start by with the main character, as usual, uh, which is Rosa Salazar as Alita. Um, at first, I, I wasn't enjoying her portrayal, just because there's a lot of beginning parts when she first uh, wakens back up after being found in the trash dump by Dr. Ito, that she's kind of exploring the world, and I felt like they didn't really take enough time to kind of show that she's trying to rebuild her behaviors and her, um, and just like how to communicate with people. And there's some really goofy moments at the beginning where I mean, I think she's like, Oh, a dog, what is that? And, and with the, um, animated eyes and everything, I felt like, are they trying to Disneyfy this anime for a bit? Uh, but over time I started to enjoy, uh, Rosa Salazar's, uh, uh, acting in this movie, especially like her physical presence. She does a great job with the uh, action scenes, even though they are supported a lot with CG, you can definitely see the physicality come through on her part. And also I did start to enjoy like her relationship with, um, with Dr. Ito and that father and daughter relationship that was starting to build out. So I thought that was very solid, solidly done by her. Uh, and also like her wishes of being a hunter killer. I thought that was handled pretty well as well. Yeah. I think she was probably the best part of this movie. Um, in, reg in regards to the acting and the story, there was something that, you know, I didn't necessarily mind too much about you having to f figure out not only your memory, but learn as you kind of go along. Is it like you're a baby, but you're an almost an adult or teenager body. So that discovery was kind of okay. I thought that was kind of fun. That's uh, a really easy, but also really fun way to give you exposition in the movie, but also keeps it more visually pleasing. So I, I never necessarily kind of minded that. It was nice to kind of have, for, you know, we got to talk about this a lot of how it looked gorgeous, but it was nice to actually kind of follow this character that was, you know, semi kind of human but still gave a lot of emotion on the actual screen itself so um i, I was kind of buying into her performance some of the stuff that you know she was saying and doing was a little bit cheesy um especially the murder ball is that a different movie murder ball motor is it murder ball or motor ball motor ball motor okay motor ball Motor. Okay. That's a thought. Um, so, what's Murder Ball from? Murder Ball? Uh, something. Yeah, it's another anime. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I felt like that was like, oof, that that was kind of a rough sequence, but as though, I can understand it was still kind of fun, and I'm sure people are going to get a kick out of it. Uh, but I, I did think that she was by far one of the most believable characters in the movie. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I didn't, Brian, you raised a good point that I didn't even think about that. Like, 
I think we're going to get into the kind of overall flow and story architecture. Uh, I think I read there's nine of the man- uh, the manga, right? There's yeah, nine, nine volumes to the manga. Man- yeah, manga. The, and then there's like a bunch of other mankeys that like go on to uh, – that are afterwards. Um, mankeys? Mankeys, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, like I assume you put them all together and they become a uh, prime anime. Um, <laughs> they become <laughs> devastator. <laughs> that's a primate joke. Joke. Uh, Pokemon. I guess that's not that weird in a you know anime review. Uh, anyway, so um, so I guess they combined this movie from the first four uh, books, where it just seems like they they could have slowed it down. Like you're right. Like she did such an interesting job of playing this like character that just woke up, but not really. And I would have loved to have seen that. It seems like they took a left turn out of their house, like the surgery wing, and then found uh, Bro Dude that we're going to talk about in you know, the entire rest of their view. Uh, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then turned around and walked a block up and then went back in and then she was like, okay. Uh, I think they could have lived in that, that experience of not knowing where she came from for longer and exploring the world for longer and then saved like – maybe the last third of the movie for the second movie. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure, um, blew it because usually a volume isn't very long. Um, and you, when you're reading any anime, the volume is maybe 10, 15, if you're lucky more than like 20 pages, but it's, um, it's all like, um, uh, illustrated and it, there's not a lot of dialogue. So it, it, it tends to go really fast and it tends to go really quickly. So, I, I do agree with you, although I think if you would have split this movie up into an additional movie, nobody would have wanted to see seen it because the action in that they, they kind of have to ramp up the action pretty quickly to keep you in. They try to keep you engaged. So, although I don't know uh, how to actually kind of solve it, I would love a more a bit more backstory and a bit more um, time to do it. I agree with you there. I just don't know if. It's adding a whole nother movie, though, as like a. Well, I mean, they're they're like gonna show. they're gonna do more of them. I haven't looked up the you know the revenue of the, the thing, this thing's making, but they'll, they'll probably it's, do more. It's making more than they thought it would, which is good, yeah. especially for this season. So, um, but like that's the, that's the point where like that you could. I'm pretty sure they planned on doing three of them anyways, three or four of them, you know, kind of regardless, and so. Um, you could have lived with her as more of a naive creature. You still could have put the action in. Um, and then it, it kind of like, we'll get more into this in the story, but like how you set up the next ones, if they did it in a, a kind of better way, um, it wouldn't have left people feeling so empty. Like they didn't, Oh, like I just watched this girl bump around and like try and figure out who she is for two hours. It's like, Oh no, I still watch an action movie, but it had an interesting subtext. Mm, Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you make a good point, Blewett. Like, I, I definitely feel like the story is way too uh, condensed for what they were trying to pull off. And they needed to kind of take their time a little bit more. I think we broke it down into three acts. Like, the first act could have been, like, her just kind of being awoken and trying to figure out what and who she is. And then the second act could have been her running into these situations that kind of make her understand what it is to be human or what it is to be good versus violent. And then the end could be like, she makes that she makes a choice and the, and of what gives her purpose. And like, she starts to express 
what is her purpose and what has she chosen to be her purpose? I thought that would have been, they kept it that simple. I thought it would have been a much better movie because there are some characters I think that suffer from it. Like I, I really dug Zapan as one of the hunter killers. Um, he is basically the poster boy for cyberpunk. So if you ever see like uh, a poster at, uh, at, uh, at Newberry Comics, and it says Cyberpunk on it. Probably you'll see a picture of Zapan on it, because like, hey, cyborg body, check. A lot of tattoos, check. Uh, samurai sword, check. He's got it all. So uh, I thought he would have been a cool foil to Alita if they took the time to uh, build that connection up a little bit or show those differences between those two approaches to what it is to be a hunter killer. Proud. Uh, I'm going to agree with myself on what I just said earlier. Um, so I think so the way that you, you expand it is that you make that battle at the church that they had, uh, you make that more drawn out, and then you have that be the finale. And so you cut everything that happens after it. You make the big uh, murder ball competition like that part A of the final act and then resolve it at the church and then set up the sequel. Um, personally speaking, like – Again, this is more story. I don't know if we're going to touch upon this uh, later, but the uh, that last battle almost felt like a with a what? How do you say Gruetha? It's Gruishka. Gruishka. The that last fight with Gruishka almost felt like a you know half hour in on part two of the story. Like it, it felt like right. a it felt like a new like they had that crazy revelation. It felt like that should have been the beginning to middle of the second part. And then something crazy happens after that to end that movie. Um, Cause you're right. I think that Zapan, like Francis was awesome in this movie. <laughs> he killed it. He, I mean, he basically played the cy- cyborg version of himself. It's like Deadpool cut him up a whole bunch. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, and then they've rebuilt him and that's, that's who he is. But like, like he was such an interesting, like badass character. Uh, and you're right. He almost seemed like he didn't get enough time because they had to th- like shoehorn in all these other villains when it's the first movie you could go small you can go personal and you can make it all about alita rather than try and build this crazy world that's what the second movies are these of these trilogies is really supposed to do is when you you kind of get a glimpse of you get a glimpse of the character you get a glimpse of the greater world and then you tie it all together in the third one yeah yeah, and, and I also think, I mean, like, the story kind of suffers because um, the rest of the actors and everything, um, they kind of feel like they're phoning it in or they're just uh, playing some very one-note characters. I mean, we were talking about Mahershala Ali and praising him for some incredible acting that he's doing in TV, but in this movie, um, I don't know if he walked on the wrong set or... <laughs> He just saw, like, add another zero and I'll do whatever you want. I'll wear cool shades if you want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mahershala is just, like, stone-faced the whole movie. Um, does not change emotion, and he just spits out lines, and that's it. It's He does not really come over as menacing or anything that is going to be uh, interesting in a villainous role. Um, and then also along with him, Jennifer Connelly, she came out of nowhere, uh, and she, she has a jewel on her head and she's just saying how it's Ito's fault that she's not in, um, Zalem anymore. Uh, and I found that her, um, her pestering of Ito just got annoying 
over time as well. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, funnily enough, I think that Mahershala Ali was supposed to go to the uh, Blade reboot set the whole time. I was just like, yo, he just looks like Wesley Snipes in, in Blade. Uh, it he really does. Because we were talking about Steven Dorff earlier. It's like literally they must have been talking together on uh, that. What's that show? True Detective. Um, and the, he's like, yeah, man, I got this movie that I'm in that's futuristic. You got any ideas? And Dorff was just like, yo, check this film out. And, that, you know, and that's it. <laughs> Yo, now I need to see a side by side comparison of that because, yeah, I, I mean, thought it pretty, was, uh, pretty much. I thought it was like a Marvel aged down version of Wesley Snipes. They're like, oh, sick! Like they hired Wesley Snipes to do a role so he can finally pay his taxes. Like that. <laughs> I, <laughs> Damn, blue <laughs> going in. <laughs> uh, I, I love Mahershala Ali. Like he's he's an awesome actor, and there's still like signs in there. Um, when he switched over to being Nova was was pretty cool. I thought like the the body language and tone of voice like switch that he would do was was pretty impressive, but that was few and far between. Yeah, and that also leads me to I think the conversation that oh, man, I don't know if it was actually you, um, Brylan, it may have been Mocha that I talked about this with, but the stuff that you like about Mahershala Ali is because he can he's the actor. You like the performer doing that and at least kind of stepping in. But a lot of the stuff was like is you know script and directing and somebody telling me this is the, like you know emulate this particular character was just terrible. It and it was so <laughs> it's so heartbreakingly bad that it's like bro what I just saw you on on all these other movies. I just it doesn't make any sense. It it doesn't get. I don't get it. And I'm not. I can't blame the actual actor. I can't blame the performer about this. Uh, I blame like the materials that they were provided to, and it's gonna do my best job as much as possible. Um, and that's upsetting because and, and then people are gonna be like, oh, this movie. He was terrible in the movie. He's like, yeah, but was it his fault? You know, we, we don't we, we don't entirely sure. No, I, I wouldn't say that it's not his fault, but it's it's definitely kind of a bummer to see. Uh, I guess it's kind of a bummer. This like, man, you read that script and you looked at your performance and said, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. But I guess they do. You know, like you said, money talks. You never know. Yeah. Um, I also think uh, that. Um, let's see. Uh, one thing that the, the story like kind of just like suffers from is that uh i think it's also just part of the same thing that made uh the ghost in the shell movie kind of suffer from is that the source material is kind of flawed to start off with where anime stories they do get bogged down in lot of heavy exposition and just sitting there and explaining what the world's about and everything uh, and I wish that they actually took some time more with Alita to kind of explore the idea of what it is to be human, especially with this world they've developed where all these cyborgs are walking around. That's kind of the norm uh, in this world, that it's not like they're weird, like all of them are weird, super-powered, like uh, outsiders or anything. They're walking down the streets, they're eating food, they're buying coffee from the vendors and buying clothes and stuff, that they are part of life, but they also have this machine uh, connection to them. And I think it would have been neat if they actually explored like the connection between humanity and uh, technology and just 
more of like what is like an evolved definition of humanity and see if we can get that out of this story that they uh or we're trying to tell yeah it just seems like it was a mess and it's weird that the story did make sense or it just seems to be such a mess when it's adapted from a comic and an anime so I, unless they think that the concepts, and again, I haven't seen it, so I, I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but unless they think that the concepts weren't as uh, engaging or maybe too difficult to kind of follow, so they try to modernize it so it's a little bit easier for people to understand today, it, it just came off as being a bit of a mess that they didn't know what story that they wanted to tell. And it's weird because the story is already told. You just have to tell it again with different people and different performers, yet they didn't do that. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it just felt like a, a lot of it was wasted to um, where they wanted to build up all these side characters and they really shouldn't. They should have focused on Alita as uh, Blewett mentioned earlier. And the kid that's from, uh, he's starting to pop up everywhere, but good for him, you know, getting a lot of roles. Uh, but I just saw him in the uh, Jorge Lunenberg Jr., playing Tanji. He had so much time in this movie. Oh, was that uh, Hugo's friend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had so much, like, it was to the point where I'm like, is he supposed to be, like, somebody we don't know, like a hidden thing? Oh, no, oh, no, he's not? What are you doing? Why do I need to see him? Unless, because I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is the guy from, like, the Bumblebee movie. Is... Is that why? Is that why he's on the screen so much? I, I don't know. It it kind of that that threw me off a little bit. He's on the screen, so he gets split in half really badassly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like. You give someone screen time. You know, if you're gonna kill someone, you give them screen time so that you develop an emotional like response. The only thing I remember right before he dies is uh, is saying like basically. He, he tells his girlfriend, like, oh, yeah, she might be the enemy one day. So it's like he's kind of looked terrible going into that. Yeah, so, Brylon, what else do you got? Um, I mean, only other thing I would uh, mention, there was one thing about the story I thought was actually really cool. I liked how they were flashing back to Alita's original life, uh, 300 years when she was actually fighting in wars uh, on Earth. I thought those were some really neat um, plot points that they brought up. Uh, and then the last actor I mentioned was Ed Norton. I mean, that came out of nowhere, and he was wearing weird, funny, cybernetic eyeballs. And yeah, he's goofy enough to look like a bad guy, so I guess he fits. I, but the also decisions I, that were made in this movie just does not make sense. <laughs> it doesn't, but one thing I do like about it is that they don't really... We don't dive into what Zalem is. We get hints, and I kind of like that mystery of Zalem that that it would be really it would be some would be unveiled in another movie or the final final series of a trilogy. Probably that is it. Is it really a utopia where only the elite live, or is it actually is there something else with Zalem, especially really with what? Know. Especially with what they do with Chirin, that yeah, she goes back to Zalem, but she goes back as organ don- donations, which was nuts. Yeah, that was a cool twist. 
They they didn't really say though whether it was good or bad up there. No, they just said that's that's where the none of the trash is. <laughs> I, I just feel like if or all the trash comes gonna, from there. I, I mean, I guess we. It's tough to say right now because if it's going to play out when they come out with the second movie or not, or if they come out with the next movie, because I don't know if it's going to be the the last one, right? Uh, right. If they're going to come out, if that's ever going to play off, or if that's going to be something that they build up or not, because. Once you talk about something so much into this movie, it's like, all right. I mean, just, they did it in this movie. Alita found her real, her her original body, I guess, or that souped up body. And you're like, oh, of course she's going to get that body. Uh, yeah, we we know she is. So now we're just going to we need to find a way for her to lose her own body and lose terribly. So she just gets the souped up body and she's fine. They hint that they show you they gave a payoff. We're good, but. Th- but talking about Zalem throughout a whole two-hour movie, and we're still not entirely sure. It's like, again, you're you give me overexposure and things that I don't think is entertaining and necessary for right now. Like we don't need all the details. You can leave some things as a mystery and not talk about it. You can bring it up once or maybe twice. Like what's uh, the Deathly Hallows? I, we don't necessarily know. I I liked that they talked about it the whole time, just because mm-hmm. it it gave it that ever. The ever art, uh, overreaching goal, you know, it wasn't ever about just beating the person in front of you or becoming, you know, the champion of the night for murder ball. It was, you, you got to get up to Zalem, you know? Um, and so I think be, like it, I don't know. It makes sense. It's like t- saying in Lord of the Rings to not talk about the ring. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're going to Mordor They're They're going to Mordor and they have the stupid <laughs> ring you know, it's kind of the thing that keeps them going. And these characters, the entire motivation is just to get up there and get out of their crappy lives, which we honestly didn't see that much of because Alita, quote unquote, grew up so fast. I don't know if Lord of the Rings is the best comparison, but I'm going to let that one go. It's the only <laughs> comparison. OK, <laughs> I mean, I guess when she lost, like, I guess when she lost her battle, got a new body. And kind of came back. That was also to show the maturity from there. I, I, I just think it could have been done a little bit better. I will say yeah. this though: that was one of the better f words in a PG thirteen movie I've ever experienced. It took me so off guard, and it wasn't. I, I, I wasn't expecting it at all, and I loved it. That was that was great use of the f word. You get one, and you gotta pick where it is. And that one did it for me. I was losing my mind. I was howling during that scene. It just looks like they put a lot of effort into that F word and not much else into this movie. Yeah, that was the old. They wrote that one scene with their best writer and then fired him. No, it's like, all right. It wasn't even that great of a a written scene. They They just timed the F word so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and this uh, movie was written by James Cameron and Lita Caligritis. Alita Caligritis? Lita Caligritis. I know. It's almost like the two names that's in here. Like Edge's wife? Yes. (laughs) Was it Edge or Christian? I forget. They look the same. Christian. Probably both. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know. All right, uh, close us off with this acting and story, Brylin, before we move on. Uh, no, I wanted, I wanted to hear you uh, explore more about uh, 
the character of Hugo because I think you got some good thoughts on that. <laughs> so the I guess the other a couple of things that I do want to mention before before that was um I really felt like again going to the actual acting uh and the characters and the performers here that they should have gotten a character that's younger for Christoph Waltz, um Dr. Ito. And I know we kind of talked about it, but if you're going to be a hunter killer, you're going out like you have to be at least have some sort of choreography, and you you got to learn how to move and actually have the flexibility to wield that huge weapon. Because if looked as though he could barely pick that thing up, <laughs> and I, I'm sure it was either prop or CG, whatever. Maybe it was actually like it was practical, but I was like, man, did he even practice with that? Because it looked like he didn't know what he was doing, but he was doing it for so many years, and he was revered as being a hunter killer. But he was terrible at it. So <laughs> that that blew me away because I was like, oh, I, I don't believe that for a second at all. So it just looks like you yeah. just picked that up and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try it. it. It was no Stormbreaker, but it had a rockets on it, which was pretty cool. This is this is going to be another rare moment that me and Warren agree on something. Yeah, that weapon looks like it would be cool in anime where you draw it from the starting position and then you draw it after they've swung it with a little line going from the middle and then show someone's head exploded. Yeah. It doesn't that weapon does not work in real life. It is just too <laughs> unwieldy and it's not even like comically big like Stormbreaker uh who well, I mean the actor wielding it was, uh, you know, better with that stuff anyways. But, like, it, it just – it was so comically oversized. It didn't look practical at all. You had to assemble it. Like, who assembles a weapon like that? Um, it, I don't know. Yeah, him running down the street with his, like, by his rolling luggage for the thing was hilarious. Yeah, and and, uh, <laughs> and especially in this this world, it almost makes it seem like – the centurions are this crazy armored up thing that you can't you can't basically kill them so they kind of kill you by attrition they just throw a lot of bullets at you you know they're the only things with guns right i think yeah. in that whole world and so and so most of all the other characters are set up as speed characters like all of their fighting styles essentially except for gruishka are speed and so you're going to bring this huge like how was he going to beat that <laughs> chick from Sid's room. Yeah. Like, by the he way, he would never hold a chance against a pan. Right. They're just too damn fast for like, like that thing's not even, it's not even big enough to be like, a. T he's not a tank. If it was Gruishka welding that big old heavy ax and he could take a couple blows and then swing that thing back at you, maybe that's believable. It's like, you're a regular ass human. That's just swinging this weapon. It's dude, I hated it that looked, thing. It, it looks as though he was a 62-year-old 5'7 man who could not pick that up. <laughs> right. Because that's exactly right. what, what <laughs> I saw. I was like, come on. So, again, I think we we went, we talked about a, a fact. We talked about it a lot, right? The decisions that the showrunners, the creators, uh, James Cameron, Robert Rodriguez, the decisions that were made is just so baffling to me. I get that you, I, I get he looks like, and I agree with you, Brylin, here, like he does have that fatherly figure. He's a phenomenal performer. He's a phenomenal actor. I just don't know. And we need to 
change so many castings in this actual screen, uh, excuse me, in this movie, but it just doesn't translate well to exactly what you were talking about, Blue. It doesn't translate well. Like it, we, it's way more believable. And I was thinking of this comparison is way more believable. It, it's way more cool in an anime when we have an old, older dude who's maybe a little bit short when he easily can wield that. And it's like, holy crap, that's, that's dope. Like that's, that's amazing. That's really, really cool. I really like seeing that. Um, and you know we talked about the Lord of the Rings and like when we had Gandalf kind of whipping ass. It's like that's pretty cool because that dude's mad old. He's older than everybody there. But then we see it here and it just it just doesn't work. So I was, I was really kind of bummed about that. That really kind of took me off guard. Uh, I did not realize that this was going to be only part one of a movie or the first part of the movie. I was real pissed at the ending of this movie that yeah. it was going to continue. So definitely count me out for this next review because i don't know if i'm going to be going back to this actual world but man keen johnson <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> man he plays the character hugo and jeez <laughs> Looking at my notes, I, I even said I was like, "Man, he literally has dethroned Ty Simpkins as being one of the worst actors I've ever seen." <laughs> and much like I said about Mahershala Ali's character, like I appreciate some of the actions that he does. It was a little bit more believable. It looks like it was a little bit more cheesy, a bit more campy. I get it. You can tell that he's actually acting in the directions that he was given to him may not be the best. Hugo, I have no idea what he was doing in this movie. And it was so bad that he was on screen, felt like almost <laughs> as much as Alita was on screen for. And man, it was just a mess. It didn't make sense seeing his character, the love interest that was kind of forced and also a little weird because she's like super young. So I don't even I kind of get that. I know that he's a teenager too, but like she's literally developing as she's going along. So I'm like, that's weird. He what the heck are you? 27 years old. Don't yeah. even give me that. She at least looks like 15. Yeah. 16, ish. She's 300 ish. Yeah. There's, there's, there's one way too many things I have to say. I just would have loved to have this movie cut that this character cut out the movie entirely. <laughs> like it just didn't aid anything to me. I didn't get any emotional um, stakes for this character when the character sort of got got injured and he got put into a cyborg's body. It, it just did. It would. It made it messy. And they tried to shove so much stuff into this character that we just didn't care. Or if you put a character like this, make this character and Alita have a friendship or some sort of relationships before, before the big. What was it? The big big fall. What was the what was the event they talked yeah, the about? Yeah, the big fall. Big fall. Like make make her memories, like her flashbacks, sort of come back, so that they actually like they were in love. They had a huge life before, and they both got separated, destroyed, whatever. That you want to tell me, because then it's a bit more believable trying to pick up and then carry that relationship on throughout this movie. Because his character comes through randomly, and he's a bad dude. He kills. He killed people, right? He harvests uh, parts from cyborgs. Yeah, yeah. yeah he chopped those dudes' arms off, and I'm like... Yeah, but it's not really their arms. They just get rebuilt. Yeah, but still kind of fucked up. I mean, like, that's a that's a villainous move. Like, I don't I don't care about you, man. I, I, I kind of wanted to see you failed. I'm glad it happened. So, it, it just felt like they tried to put a lot of emotional stake into this character, like, way too much, and it, it none of that worked for me at all. 
um, for him. So I, I was just <laughs> besides the design of the character, man, that acting was just atrocious. Where did they pull him from, by the way? Like a C-rate Disney Channel uh, sitcom at three in the morning from nineteen ninety-seven. Like, dude, he had he looked like the older he looked like the oldest brother from like Home Improvement who went off to college before the show started. Like, he <laughs> looked a little bit older than Brad. Uh, like, dude, that dude, that dude's look hasn't been cool in 20 years. Like, what, <laughs> what are they doing? It's like the future. You could go forward. Don't go back. That just, oh, that hurt me. And everything he said was like the woolest, the, like, there's no emotion behind any of it. Like the kid was cashing in a paycheck for for not having a career. It's like, what are you doing? You should be trying to act your heart. If, if anything, people yeah, should be overacting noticed. in like this thing, trying to you know get noticed and get that next like that next thing. Yeah, you know, even when sad. He, even when he died it, was hilariously comical. Like <laughs> it, it just harkened back to when uh, Darth Vader yells no yeah, at the yeah, end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So like when he falls, he's like, ah, it's like you don't you don't get it. Like he hasn't accepted his fate or anything. And they both told each other they love each other. And then all of a sudden, you think they'd be like, okay, he's just gonna fall peacefully into the clouds and get obliterated on a street. But no, he's screaming and going crazy as he falls too, and it just makes it just that more hilarious, but also disturbing at the same time. Well, Warren, you also bring up uh, something that I had written down for the story as well, that I think they should have explored the parallels um, motion a little bit more, where they had that Mm -hmm. cool scene where she kind of flickers back into the past and she's running and fighting. Um, They should have done that through the action, where, like, her fighting – she even references where she says, me fighting gives me more of a – it gives me more of a uh, like a flashback to who I was before this happened to me, um, and they only do it one other time when they're like about to climb up those, you know, uh, what's it called the, the the ropes up to Zalem. They should have done that through the whole stinking movie, where that's how she finds out more about herself, and that's how she finds out. You know, you could take this because you could take it one, you know, one of two ways where things are parallel to how they are. And so she becomes a better fighter because she can remember certain fighting techniques, you know, from those earlier battles. And then she could also go against herself where maybe she has to, like, kill someone who's innocent or who's, you know, she captured and she her commander says, kill him. And then from there, she can make the decision of like, hey, I don't want to be this person. I'm going to go open myself up like humans do to being involved with like. Hugo or fucking Brad or whatever. Um, that's my one F word. That's for the week. That's uh, is used perfectly for, for the week. For the week, huh? Well, in the okay. podcast, in the podcast. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So, uh, but like, it would have been so cool to have those those flickers of the past where you don't even necessarily have to tell the full story about the Martian Earth War. Like, leave that for the later movies, but you could still show isolated incidences. Of, of that and how it ties into you could have her do like the same fight moves and like have it choreographed through time um, you know where she fights a big bad on the moon and then they could flicker back between her doing the same moves against the opponent that's doing the same moves you know and have it this be this weird parallel um, oh crap I was going to say one more thing there also uh, this is totally irrelevant but did anyone else think that the Martians might have won the war and that's why no one goes up to Zalem 
I yeah. think so. Yeah, that was their one place that they. I, I think that I actually I against what you said, Warren. I would go to see the second one because I think that the intrigue on what Zalem is is enough to to keep me coming back. Yeah, me too. Sorry, go I, ahead. No, completely irrelevant. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm done. <laughs> so it's okay. I'm, I'm as I, I'm done with this franchise. So feel free, let me know. I'll watch it when it's free or something. Um, yeah, it would. I, the the last thing I do because I was like googling this dude, this guy has been in, in over three hundred Broadway shows, so he was a he's a he's a stage actor that translate that translated and he had a couple of um, TV shows hit here and there. But even for that, his acting and things that he was doing didn't seem to be Broadway esque. I don't know where they came from, so. That was just kind of a bummer. This dude really ruined the movie for me. Um, so uh, it was like, wow. I, okay. I mean, good on you. So, I mean, we we talked a good amount about the acting and the story. I'm sure that we're still going to talk in reference a little bit. Brylan, talk to me about action, effects, and the anime. Uh, yeah, I'll start off with the uh, effects. Like, um, I did think the CG throughout the movie was done really, really well. Um, I, lo- I at first I was kind of hesitant on uh, what they were doing with Alita in terms of her facial design when I first saw the trailers and everything. I was like, okay, why are they giving her big anime eyes, but not giving anybody else big anime eyes? And then. Uh, when, when we see her in the movie and then they start to describe, like, yeah, she's more Martian technology versus Earth technology, um, it, it kind of makes it, it kind of makes sense within the story of the uh, movie, but also I think it's a really cool effect. I think it, uh, it actually is kind of like how they did with Thanos, that you see the actor come through in the CG that they put on her. Uh, so I thought it worked really well. Uh, but also I think the entire environment of just seeing like Trash City and everything, that was actually brought to life from the anime uh, as close as you can to a live-action translation of an anime city. Um, and I think... Um, Weta, who was the uh, company that did the effects uh, for the movie, I know they've been trying to do a Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, live-action movie for a long time. And I think if this was their like test case to see can they pull that off, I was like, yeah, go ahead and get them to do an Evangelion movie because they can definitely know how to translate anime to a live-action environment because of that. And also, I loved all the cyborg uh, differences and like the... Um, diversity we got in the cyborg designs as well whether it's like pretty traditional with like zapan but also seeing the lady had blades for arms and legs and uh gruishka's like constant rebuilding and being cobbled together uh to become just like a bigger bigger tank every single time i thought was great and then also alita's like more uh streamlined high tech but also kind of lost tech design i thought was really done well as 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 well the this is probably the best thing i liked about this movie um i was stunned by just everything i saw on this film and it was very difficult for me to you know put aside i'm like but why but what every time you open your mouth i'm just like fuck just don't just make it a silent film um yeah i mean i'm about it and it's it, it's it's a bit scary but it's amazing i think we talked about some of these moments that once this 
once this world is kind of inserted into uh, real life, it's a little weird. <laughs> we got the nightmare fuel doll um, that we talk about a lot, but uh, it like it just looks so real and it just looks so believable. And I just had never seen something like this before. And it did give me a good amount of hope for um, all the anime that we do see for right now that does have like real life in, in the fantasy world. It does give me a lot of hope that I can see that they could be going in that route and they actually could, you know, produce and kind of create this other stuff. So I think that's actually pretty cool. Action sequences and the choreography and some of the action sequences were phenomenal. So uh, I, I, I'm all about kind of following that team um, that kind of created some of the some, some of these things that really did work. And the, the only downside to this, though, is like Aquaman, and I'm not saying Aquaman is a bad movie, but it looked gorgeous. And everybody's going to be like, I mean, this movie was great. And it's like, well, I don't know. If it, I don't know if this is great. Just like this movie, I, like, I didn't like this movie at all. But it, because it looked so amazing, people are going to to say oh, it looked amazing so it had to be good right and that's not the case and um it scares me a little bit when you know you go in you go watch these movies and yet it, it just doesn't it still doesn't have any substance like these movies these tv shows these things needs to have stories behind it that improves or challenges the viewer the reader the listener whatever you necessarily have uh Visually, it did challenge me, and I thought it was amazing, but it just didn't have any substance, and it was such a bummer. I hope they get nominated for a bunch, right? We talked and we raved about, you know, Enter the Spider-Verse, and so I hope they get nominated for some things like this, because I think it's going to be great. Uh, but I, I really do hope that maybe they kind of change up their entire um, scheme of what they trying to do, what they were trying to do. Maybe this the next one is better, but that was kind of the biggest... Uh, biggest kind of challenge that i had about you know trying to see like i mean i really really dug this i really really dig it a lot yeah i mean it, it made the action just much more believable and also uh just a lot more entertaining to see like anytime zapan was fighting someone it was fantastic especially what he did to hugo's uh hugo's uh friend just seeing him get split in half like that was just like wow that's visually stunning and uh, also, like, probably as grotesque as you can get in a PG-13 film. Um, but also, um, I thought, like, her fight with uh, Gruishka in the, the sewers was really done really well. Um, I thought uh, that one thing that kind of just kind of made me step out of the movie a bit, though, was the motorball scenes. They were very, uh, like, action-oriented and kinesthetic and moving really fast and everything but it threw me off a lot because uh i i i grew up a fan of the first of the anime battle angel alita because it was one of the first animes i saw that got me into anime uh like it came out along the lines of when akira came out and um it was one of those like first like experiences with like cyberpunk themes and cyborgs and things like that and i thought that the aesthetic and design and the action was fantastic but in the anime you don't have any of the motorball stuff i know it's in the manga eventually mm -hmm. uh but it feels like it's just tacked on here to give some other act action elements which i think if you focus on just the hunter killer stuff that could have been enough to drive the story uh through and give you still some fantastic action 
So, yeah, now that you were talking about the volumes and the man, the manga, maybe I can go check that out because um, I wanted to, I wanted to see if that's that is available and see how I, I'm now curious to see what the actual original content like. What's the original story here? Uh, it may also make me upset. I may have to come back to this review yeah. and says, "What the fuck?" But I think I'll, I can at least do that. I think I'll be down to see and get in the actual original story just to see uh, exactly how it translated on, onto screen. Blue, what you got? Yeah. So uh, a couple things. Uh, I will agree with you, Warren. Again, my God, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> Whoa! I thought I was Stop losing my. I thought I was losing my mind a couple times in this uh, film. Because the CGI on Alita was that good, um, at least. So the one that I can think of before that everyone was praising was Thanos from Infinity War. Everyone was saying like, "Oh my God, he looks so real." You could see every little, you know, muscle and you know crevice on his face and twitching and stuff. Um, that was a seven foot tall purple monster. You know, there, it might have looked so real, but that doesn't exist on Earth. Uh, you know, seventeen year old humans do and so for them to effectively pull that off with a character it was this weird uncanny valley thing that was going on where like there's sometimes i thought she was just a person you know and it's like no but there's something that's just off about it um which is like kudos you know like well done um i think it really drives home that like who james cameron is past his like deep sea diving adventure films that he does is he is a big old proof of concept, man. He literally, he yeah. just, he picks something, he picks something really cool. Usually a lot of times visually, but like he picks something, he does that to the best of his ability and then sacrifices literally everything else. And that was Alita. Alita is, is, is a special effects proof of concept that you can make something that good interact with the environment around you. Um, and interact in a lived-in world, uh, which hats off to Mr. Cameron, uh, Mr. Rodriguez for doing it. Um, but you y- could have done seventy-five percent of the work and still given us a better story. You know, like writers, writers help. Also, uh, l- last thing, I don't know if this is in the anime, but uh, Alita. Uh, I love that her fighting style was reminiscent of another uh, teenage crime fighter whose video game I'm playing a lot of right now, and that would be Spider-Man. Um, oh, yeah. The way that she moved, especially when she was, like, crawling, you know, sitting like this. Uh, and then even her distinct fighting style was very, very Spider-Man-esque, which I don't know if it was on t- intentional, but, again, who's someone who's playing through that video game fairly frequently, uh, it really... Really stuck out to me. And I liked it. I thought uh, you were going to say uh, Carmen San Diego video game you've been playing. Yeah. One thing that they Board do in the manga. Came out first. Uh, just to give a little bit more Spider Man connections, one thing they do in the manga is like whenever she lands like a significant punch on someone, she takes a moment to kind of wink in the camera before going to her next fight. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that. Ah, yes. Oh. So let's talk about our conclusions. All right. Would you recommend the movie? If not, uh, 
and I and I, I, I re- usually don't like to shadow the movie all the time, so we've definitely been trying to change up uh, what we've been saying about it. If you don't recommend it, what other media do you would recommend? So whether the ma- the manga, the anime, what you got, Brian? Uh, yeah, so I thought, I mean, this movie was definitely a solid adaptation, especially in the visual department of uh, Battle Angel Alita. Uh, it just was hindered by some bad and wooden acting uh, from a lot of the supporting cast, and just the story was, didn't really know what to focus on, and that made it just kind of be a little bit of a mess when it came to storytelling. Uh, what I recommend, uh, I think it's worth checking out the anime series, Battle Angel Alita. Uh, even though it, it's probably pretty dated, it probably feels very 90s if you watch it. So, But give it a shot. See if you like it. Yeah. Uh, Blue, what you got? Yeah, I liked it. I don't know really why. I liked it, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I wouldn't necessarily pay full price on this, but certainly Tuesday. Go on a Tuesday, pay $5, you know. Uh, I also saw it in Standard. Uh, I really, I mean, maybe it would have looked cooler in 3D. It probably was meant to be seen in 3D um, with all the visual effects they did. <laughs> Spend as little money as, as possible, but it's definitely worth it. I'd see it. Yeah. I saw yeah. it in Dolby. I saw Dolby. it in, uh, I saw it in 3D. So I could, I, they didn't have Dolby from where I was. It was just 3D, but it was really freaking gorgeous in it. Um, yeah, I don't think I can recommend this movie. It was just kind of a bit of a bummer. Um, again, I think the visuals are, are great, but there's <laughs> once you take that out, it's really tough um, to even kind of follow the movie itself and what they're actually doing. Um, I'm going to start with the actual manga itself, so I'll definitely kind of come back. I usually have to try to find the source material as much as possible. Um and figure out, oh, wow, usually the book is always better. So uh, it's tough for me to kind of recommend this movie, uh, especially when we have animated movies that look great, that actually have content out there, Lego Movie 2. Um, that was better. And so I'm like, well, you know, I, if you're looking for an animated movie, you can do that. Or maybe wait till next week for How to Train Your Dragon 3. Maybe that also looks great and has uh, more of an actual story. So that will be my uh, conclusion. And with that, we are the Down in Front Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks so much for joining us. Senor Bryland, where can people find more of your work on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me replacing my left arm with a blender on Twitter at Bryland, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Uh, you can also find me posting many movie and TV reviews on Instagram at I am Bryland. Shredder, what you got going on? Uh, Didn't stuff. you have a show coming up? No. Or did I mi- did I miss it? Yeah, you missed it. It was like two weeks uh. ago. <laughs> uh. <laughs> was that Intel? Uh, probably Sorry. not. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but you can check us out at My News Music, My News Band. Uh, you can also check us out at White Mocha Li uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Dang! Uh, Shit! I was, sorry, uh, I didn't realize uh, you're gonna drop that bomb on me. Yo, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, uh, I was, I was, you know, I was looking for white mocha, um, you know, at at white mocha, but uh, you know, I just I couldn't find it. Someone else did it. Uh, they uh, unfortunately got dismembered and sent up to Zalem, and so I can never get the white mocha tag again. Uh, so I'm stuck with white mocha L- uh, li. As the uh, 
uh, liver intended. Thank uh, you. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> check out more of our work at downerfrontpockets.com, uh, where we're going to have our video teasers. We have a tons of amazing artwork that was created by Mocha Mike. Uh, and a bunch of other information. We have our bios up there. You can also check out information for our friends with blends, our uh, fear boners, and my news band music is up there too. So we have a lot of links to all the other stuff that we do. We're just about anywhere and everywhere on social media. So Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, check out downinfrontpodcast.com. Um, definitely be able to kind of follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash downinfrontpodcast. On Twitter, it's at underscore DAFP. On Reddit is downinfront.reddit.com. Not many people go to Reddit, but that's okay. We still try to post as much stuff is on there um we're also going to be on spotify too so definitely go you like we've been getting a lot of streams which is actually pretty cool and i love the fact that spotify makes our graphic looks really really nice our artwork for our episodes so definitely check us out on spotify all you have to do is search for down in front podcast i think we're the only one that's on spotify so that's actually be a great platform to kind of hang out uh we actually have some information on youtube so i'm actually going to be doing some um streaming some video games some stuff getting back into my monster hunter ways which is great oh speaking of brylin the guy who i uh, played monster hunter with is over 2000 hours so i feel oh, pretty geez. good so i feel pretty good about myself yeah man. you're just getting started yeah just getting started i'm just i'm a baby <laughs> just scratching the surface um and so and if you do like what we do you like to follow us you know definitely check out becoming a patreon anything and everything does uh help we're going to be revamping that system very soon so definitely kind of keep an eye out you right now you're getting um early content as well as some bonus materials that we haven't quite released just yet so if you like what we do choose to support us brylin what is our next review our next review is how to train your dragon the lost world or it's how to train your dragon the fallen kingdom no it's not shut your mouth it's one of those it's, it's how not, you train your it, dragon. It's better not be Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> how to train it, your dragon? The uh, the hidden world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was like, God damn it! If they just took a Jurassic Park reference, I'd be so upset. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. I'm actually excited for that movie. I want to see if I can try to make that. So I'm excited. We're excited. Good night. Yeah.